0: Welcome to Alex and Annie, the real women of Vacation Rentals. With more than 35 years combined industry experience, Alex Huesner and Annie Holcomb have teamed up to connect the dots between inspiration and opportunity, seeking to find the one story, idea, strategy, or decision that led to their guest's big aha moment. Join them as they highlight the real stories behind the people and brands that have built Vacation Rentals into the $100 billion industry it is today. And now it's time to get real and have some fun with your hosts, Alex and Annie.
1: We'll start the show in just a minute, but first a word from our premier brand sponsor Wheelhouse. If you want to increase your revenue and profitability, you have to have the right tools and data and Wheelhouse has everything you need to run your short-term rental business more effectively. Wheelhouse is the simplest and most powerful way to unlock your portfolio's revenue and profits. This game-changing revenue management platform puts the industry's most powerful data right at your fingertips, allowing you to run your business exactly as you want to while saving you massive amounts of time so you can have the right price every night and increase your revenue by an average of 39%. Wheelhouse is offering listeners of this podcast 50% off your first two months, Just go to usewheelhouse.com and enter promo code AlexAnnie at checkout, or tell them that you heard about this offer from the Alex and Annie podcast. Welcome to Alex and Annie, the real women of Vacation Rentals. I'm Alex. And I'm Annie. And we are joined today with John Hildebrand, who is the founder of Hilde Homes in Scottsdale, Arizona. John, welcome to the show.
2: Uh, So happy to be here. Thank you guys for... Calling me out and joining the pod, so thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we, uh, we we've kind of crossed paths digitally, I would say, and we've been following you, and you've got just an incredible following on YouTube. And just the content that you've been putting out kind of drew us to you. And we just figured, you know, we need to know who this guy is. and We want to hear all the things he's got going on. So it sounds like it's pretty interesting. But can you uh, give us and our audience a little bit of backstory on, on your involvement in the space and what you do?
2: Sure. Yeah, thank you. So again, my name is John Hillebrand. I'm based in Scottsdale, Arizona when I was a kid, we moved like 22 times growing up. And so I kind of like always had my hands in real estate, but once I um, had a place in Malibu, I was like a starving photographer at that time. So I turned on Airbnb, never thought of it as a business. And that's kind of like how I started. That was in 2016, I started my journey and it literally paid all my rent, my bills. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Maybe I don't have to be a starving artist forever. (laughs) I was like, "What a weird concept!" Yeah. And then my brother, my brother and I ended up purchasing a place together because he's in real estate and he's always looking at the market. We bought a place together strictly for short-term rentals in Los Angeles, right next to the football stadium, and uh, it took off like right away. And I had no clue what I was doing. My brother's like, "I'll help buy the house. You have to manage it and do everything." I was like, "Okay, yeah, I can, I can do that. No, no problem, right?" Yeah, Yeah, and it it was amazing. It was an awesome learning curve. And that's what kind of brought me to Arizona because I was born here, all my family's from here. And I just felt more comfortable to try to grow a business around family. So I ended up purchasing two Airbnbs at the time and gutted them down to the two by fours and kind of just started that journey. And then as everybody knows, it happened right when lockdown happened. And then I was... kind of a blessing. It kind of just forced me to understand all the ins and outs of the business. Mm -hmm. So now I'm an Airbnb ambassador. Uh, I'm a photographer for Airbnb sometimes. Really? Yeah. Strong voice and advocate with Rent Responsibly. We started a group out here. So I have my hands in a lot of the the space now and pretty quickly.
1: Very interesting. So do you have anybody else that's, that's helping you with the homes or are you still kind of one man band?
2: (laughs) I actually just hired on my first virtual assistant uh, full-time, which is a massive learning curve. I have to admit it's it's amazing, but it's like, it's a process.
1: Yeah. Well, there's so much. and, And I'm glad you touched on that because I think they can be so great, but you it's not as easy as it seems. I mean, the upfront work that you've got to do to lay out all your processes and what your SOPs are, and you know how, how you want things handled—that actually is very time-consuming. But hopefully, once you get that in place, then it's kind of just plug and play.
2: <laughs> yeah, ho- hopefully, because you—you you guys probably do the same. There's so much in my head, and I just—yeah, yeah—just to get it done, I never put it down, and yeah, know, it's a process. But I mostly do it myself. I do have. Like some mentorship programs where sometimes people really just want to learn and I'll let them shadow me and they'll help me like build out the guidebook or build, you know, the online process or whatever, just to get some extra hands. But for the most part, it's me. And then I just have an amazing cleaning crew maintenance uh, that makes my life way easier so yeah
1: yeah that's that's critical whether you're a business of enterprise level scale or if you're smaller operator that's super important so interested to learn more about just i mean your take from being on the smaller you know side of this business coming into things did you go to verma last year i know verma last year was the first time that they actually invited companies of your size to participate but did you go to that or have you had any involvement with them
2: Okay. To be totally honest, I've always been kind of intimidated (laughs) by all of that, right? Because I was like the new guy and I'm still learning all this stuff. And I'm like, I can't go there. I'm like too, because I used to do all the trade shows for the fashion world. I used to own a sunglass brand. So we used to go to every single trade show. So I knew, I know the space really well. So I was like, I'm not, I don't think I'm ready yet. Uh, Maybe I need to wait. So yeah. i've I told myself this year i'm I'm going to a lot more of those events,
0: okay. okay. So you'll be there this year then.
2: Yes, ma'am. Yeah okay.
0: well, well, we, you shouldn't be intimidated because everybody, everybody's just as as regular as they are when you meet them on these podcasts.
1: Everybody had to start yeah. somewhere, you know, yeah. and I think yeah. you know we're we're big proponents of Verma opening it up so yeah. that yeah. smaller operators can come in because, as we know, one of the biggest issues we all face, especially as it uh, relates to regulatory issues, is uh, professionalism and making sure that these Airbnb hosts mostly where uh, the issues are starting from have the right information to build businesses that will, you know, be good hospitality stewards for the industry. So we're, we're all about it and you're not the bad apples that we're worried about in the first place, but you should feel welcome to go and be part of those. So I think, I think that's something that, that Verma and any of our associations can really work on is, is almost like having a, uh, maybe there's different tracks within the agenda or, um, and not initiations, but like you know, intro, <laughs> <laughs> intro to Verma kind of yeah. type things to make you feel more comfortable. But
0: <laughs> so I, no, I'm, I think, I'm um, actually
2: really excited to be a part because I've met so many amazing people along the ways, like you yeah. guys now and Will and people from Rent Responsibly and yeah. super like all these amazing companies I've been talking to, and uh, you just meet them on Zoom nowadays. And yeah, old school. Yeah. I like seeing people in person. So yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Well it is a big love fest when we all get together so yeah
2: <laughs> sign happy me up to have
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so i think you you mentioned that um, Covid lockdown, everything happened, and it kind of gave you an opportunity to pause. And so, I think kind of what you know, dovetailing off what Alex was asking. I mean, you you you're you're a small organization. You only have eight units. You're you know, obviously you're going to grow, um but you got to start somewhere. And I think one of the things that we we hear is that some of these people get into the business thinking like, oh, again, it's going to be super easy. I don't need to do my due diligence. I don't need to follow regulations. I can skirt under the the radar. I can do all these things. But you took the time to learn and to dive into the technology piece, which is really important. I think up until recently, a lot of smaller operators didn't have access to technology. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that and how you came to use some of the systems that you're using now?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I love that question. Honestly, I think it's from my background. I've always been an entrepreneur. I've never had a nine to five I've always just made my own path. I, and I like to work easy, not work all the time. And mm-hmm. I love my freedom. I love to go snowboarding whenever I want. I like to go, you know, bike ride or whatever. So I knew there had to be a better system in place to make it easier to run. Like to be on your phone and, and writing simple guest communications over and over again, just didn't seem smart. So I just kind of... St- started diving in, I, I felt like the lockdown was a little bit of a blessing for me because I was forced to be focused. Right. So I just listened to every single podcast. Of course, I was listening to you guys like crazy. I was listening to everybody I could get my hands on. I was reading books. I was like reaching out to people in the DMs. And I was just trying to learn as much as I could as a sponge and realize that like, oh, there is a platform that lets me do pricing or there is a platform that lets me build like a digital guidebook and makes it easier for my guests to check in. I don't have to update it every time. So once I started understanding that, I was like, "Oh, maybe I can take on more properties because this is actually once you get the systems in, it started making way more sense."
1: Yeah. Yeah. Organize things. Yeah. 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 So I I just kind
2: of dove in. I'm kind
1: of a nerd with that kind of stuff too, (laughs) to be honest. Well, it's 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 fun, but it's It's also fascinating. Yeah, and it can it can be tough though to know which which. Tools are going to be game changers. which ones are going to you know slightly move the needle for you? What's going to make it more easy for you to run the business? there's There's a lot of different level levels of how you pull these different tools together. and, you can't have all the tools. We talk about that a lot. I mean, we all have margins at the end of the day and fairly low margins for us as management companies. When I mean, you own some and you manage some, but on your ones that you just manage, obviously your margins are, are lower there. So keeping an eye on that profitability is is key. But as that relates to profitability, how do, you, how do you use pricing software? I know you use Wheelhouse, correct?
2: Yeah, I use Wheelhouse and I love, love, love Wheelhouse. I feel like... It's like, a, it's like a Mac version of pricing, right? It's, you can just kind of dive in and start pushing a bunch of stuff. You're not going to break anything, but you can kind of just learn it. And then they have so many great tutorials. And luckily for me, their customer service has been amazing also, which is really important to me. So if I have a, a question, I can actually get somebody to respond. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
2: But Will <laughs> for me has been game changer. I mean, I probably make 30, 40% more revenue and, and definitely get... A lot more bookings because of it.
1: That's awesome. So, and you, you put your properties on Verbo and Airbnb?
2: Yes, I do. Yeah. Mostly on Airbnb is where our bookings come from out here, but yeah, I'm on VRBO as well. And then I'm in the process of about to launch my direct booking site with Mark over at, which I'm super excited about.
1: Awesome. Now, before you use wheelhouse, were you using any other type of pricing software?
2: Um, Well, when I first started, I didn't even know any of that stuff exists. I just was doing it all manually. (laughs) I'm like, this is
1: so much work to
2: try to figure out pricing all the time. (laughs) Yeah. So I did try price labs for a little bit, but for me, it was too PC. It was very complicated. It was, uh, yeah. And then somebody showed me wheelhouse and I just kind of dove in and I was like, oh, this is a lot easier. So then I've been using wheelhouse ever since.
1: So do you have anybody that you work with that helps with the product or you just you rely on just their regular customer support?
2: Every now and then I talk to Andrew, who's been a a great help with more of like the ambassador part of the program, Mm because I am an ambassador for Airbnb. So I'm always trying to educate people from day one, like how important it is to, to, to think about a pricing software. So a lot of times he'll send me some tips and tricks or whatever to help me and then help them. But um, no, mostly I just talk strictly with the customer service over there. I'm like, yeah. hey, my one property is kind of slow. Am I doing something wrong? Can you mind looking at it, my pricing? And they're usually p- pretty amazing. They'll jump in, they'll look at it. They're like, okay, you know, it's really saturated right now. And you're in a slow market uh, this time of month. But the next two months, it looks like it's going to pick up.
1: Like, yeah, what? sometimes just having somebody else validate what you were thinking is is helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that's totally. that's great. Now, yeah. your what is your season like there? I mean, when when is your high season?
2: So we're in like crazy slow season
1: right now. It's probably the
2: slowest, honestly, I've ever seen it in, you know, a handful of years I've been doing this. Really, like, wow. Four or five years. Um, really, really slow. I think there's just a really big buzz in Scottsdale for for short term rentals. So. It's crazy how many new properties are popping up left and right. Yeah. I think that's part of it. Um, but we're in our slow season. It's 115 degrees. So, why do you, why do you really want to come here? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> good, <very> good <laughs> point. I'm trying to get not, out, I'm trying to right. rent properties somewhere else.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you,
0: you, you mentioned that you had, you and your brother started and you had a rental in, in LA. Do you still have that or did, did you get away from that?
2: So the LA1 we ended up just selling a little while ago and it was a lot of reasons why we sold the market went through the roof uh it was I mean it was crazy the numbers so we're like uh that's kind of yeah. tempting but <laughs> the regulations were really really up in the air and it was pretty scary some of the things that were proposing they were like complete banning it right um, and there was no groups in LA yeah, I was. It was just starting to be difficult, so we ended up selling that that one.
0: Yeah. Okay. So do you have do you so you just have them in in the Scottsdale area? Are you looking to grow in other markets?
2: I do still have one in Malibu oh, right man. now as well. Oh. Um Unfortunately, the pool foundation cracked, so we're under remodel. Is, is, is it available oh, for wow. rent
0: in October? I'm headed out that way.
2: <laughs> it better be. We're trying to get the pool fixed. <laughs> Trust me, it's not yeah. been fun. But yeah, Malibu, and then. I used to have one in Park City as well because we used to have a house in Park City. Sure. So I had a couple in Park City, but um, I was just a manager on those. And when I moved from Park City, I just decided to, like, focus on Scottsdale. Gotcha. Yeah,
0: gotcha. I found that, uh, you know, quite a few people, they they again, going back to thinking it's easy managing from afar. And the, but I think saying that you have the technology in place that if you go to do this, it's going to be a lot easier than it would have been five or six years ago, wouldn't you say?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm always envious of people that are like, oh, I bought a place in Tennessee or Park City and I live here. And I'm like, okay, I'm always so nervous to do that because I'm such a hands-on person. I want to be able okay. to drive there in like a yeah. couple hours. Yeah, yeah. And like physically see if I can make it better or, you know, meet the guests sometimes or whatever it may
1: be. Yeah.
2: But um I think I'll get over that fear soon.
1: I think it's <laughs> it's all about having the right support system mm-hmm. if you're going to do that. That somebody that you really trust to be your liaison that's in the market. But you know, I think what you've built is a perfect model that you could be able to scale. I mean, you've got the technology in place, and it's just you know at the end of the day, the technology is great, all of it, but it is still a people business and a hospitality business and. Just finding that those right people to help you is, is key to being able to make that work.
2: Yeah, it's so true. And I feel so lucky because I have, like I was saying earlier, my cleaning crew out here is like top notch. I'm just so excited about them. They do all my linens off-site. They have an in-house maintenance company that helps me. And then I partnered up with a, like a concierge team as well that can help me provide like, you know, in-home massage and chef and car oh, wow. service. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really nice. So it's it's hard to leave that and yeah, then try to yeah. go rebuild that somewhere else. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it just, depending on the area, you don't typically see concierge services like that in our market here in the Myrtle Beach area, but it just, it depends on the market, <laughs> you know, if that's more common, but totally. yeah, if, if you're used to providing that level of service and those different options, then probably would be good to just find markets that are similar.
2: Yeah. And I've been lucky enough to, in my mind, I've always wanted the luxury side of the market. Um, then, you know, the bigger homes, the, the properties with the pools and the hot tubs and all this other amenities, it's always been like my main focus. Cause I know that background so well. So most of my properties are, are the luxury side of the properties that, that do kind of expect that, you know, concierge and extra mm-hmm. service and whatnot. So it was kind of, I kind of had to figure that out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So tell us about your involvement with Airbnb and knowing that, you know, we you probably saw on LinkedIn, we had our t-shirts, we are not Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> you're not Airbnb, but you're a little more Airbnb than we are for yeah. sure. Uh, but how did that, how did you become a brand ambassador and what exactly does that entail?
2: Yeah. It's so, it's so wild. I still pinch myself sometimes to be honest. So the lockdown happened and one of my places was in the last stages of becoming a plus listing on Airbnb. And as some people may know, when the lockdown started happening, Airbnb had to let go of like a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And the first part was letting go of the entire plus team. And I was like, wow. Yeah. First of all, I was, devastated because everybody I worked for at the plus was like the greatest. I learned so much from these people.
1: Really? Wow.
2: Yeah. Oh, they were so nice. And they were helping me with design and like building out the, the whole everything about the plus they were really hands-on. So it came to the point where they're like, sorry, you're not going to be plus. And I'm like, no, that's not happening. And they're like, what? I'm like, no, I went, went way too far and worked too hard to get here. What, what needs to be done? They're like, well, you got to do the photos and all this. I'm like, okay, I'm a photographer. I'll shoot all the photos. They're like, no, we need, you know, blah, blah, So I ended up shooting all the photos, submitting them to them. They're like, oh, these are great. Okay, yeah, we'll just use these. So I <laughs> squeezed my place in there. Right. And as I squeezed it in there, Airbnb was trying to figure out ways to get more hosts to join the platform,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but virtually because everything was locked down. So my name was thrown in the hat because they're like, hey, this guy just launched his own plus pretty much and did all this great job. He was easy to work with and his listings are are killing it. So maybe talk to him. So they reached out to me and they're like, hey, we're starting this program. It's called Ask a Superhost. I don't even think it was called that before. And they're like, we have no idea where this is going we don't even, we, we, you and like three other people are a part of the program right now. <laughs> wow. We want to do this. And I'm like, at first, honestly, I was like, no, nah, it doesn't sound for me. But I was twiddling my thumbs. I was so bored. Yeah. Like, yeah sure, why not? <laughs> might as well. Yeah, I think like <laughs> else, yeah right. might as well. Yeah. And for me, it was like another way to learn. And it was another way for me to get closer to the giant company, Airbnb, right? I was like, right, oh, yeah. 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 get closer and closer and learn more and more. I'm just gonna be a better host. All right, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna say yes.
1: And now, recently though, you your account was banned or <laughs> blocked. Or <laughs> how in the world did that happen? What happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's so uh,
2: yeah like how does it happen to somebody that does so much for Airbnb right, right? exactly right, yeah. yeah I
1: mean I think they were thinking keep your friends close keep your frenemies closer yeah, <laughs> you. yeah. didn't think that one through did they no yeah,
2: and I joke with them I'm like are you guys doing this on purpose so I have to learn it so I can <laughs> yeah, tell people yeah, right you yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and well, honestly there's no real answer that's what's so scary there was no I mean, it took us months and months and months to like go back and forth back and forth and it was never like, "Oh, this is the reason why your account was 100% cut off."
1: No, t- talk but, us r- when did it happen and and like what how did you know what had happened?
2: Luckily, it happened, I'm being sarcastic. It happened on like Labor Day weekend or Memorial Day weekend and of last year? Of last year? Okay. And yeah, was it last year? Yeah. And uh it literally that entire weekend there was like no customer service. So like, the only reason I found out I had a guest reach out to me, they're like, "Hey, we can't get a hold of you," and I'm like, "What?" But they had my cell number. I'm like, "What do you mean?" So I looked at my account, and it's like, "Sorry, you've been suspended." And I'm like,
1: <laughs> huh. that's... and what are you supposed to do? How do you respond to to your yeah. guests?
2: <laughs> no, you don't. Luckily, you don't. Oh it was God. my co-hosting account, which I made a separate account for properties I don't own. Okay. Um, because I don't have a hundred percent control of those properties. So I kind of separated mm-hmm. them and uh, I had admin accounts attached. This is where it gets kind of confusing, but I had admin accounts attached to the co-hosting account. So I was able to log into the admin account. Yeah. Like, Hey, this is John. I swear it's the same person. This account is locked up for some I reason. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It was a lot of loops.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it. And and were they able to give you any explanation? As so to the
2: only like real answer that I figured out was, which if this is 100% true, I respect it, is Airbnb is trying to clean up the platform and they're, they're seeing a bunch of duplicate listings and they're seeing yeah. fraud listings that are yeah. listings that aren't real, which right. I get it. But I've set up probably 2000 different accounts at this point. Wow. And I knew every step. So I was like, what step am I missing then? How am I even in the same category as a fraud account? Like, yeah, And the only real answer is they said maybe because I was a co-host and I didn't have any real accounts on the actual co-hosting account.
1: Yeah. Could have
2: triggered it. Um, But yeah, make sure you're verified is the number one thing really. Like I think one thing I learned is making sure your profile is like your driver's license and your phone number and your, your photo looks like your driver's license, make sure that's like a hundred percent verified. Yeah. Then you can go in and change it to like a business name and a big business logo. That's
1: That's good to know. Okay. I mean, I, I would imagine you know, after this, you probably started thinking though more like what we're, what we talk about with people like Mark from Boosley that, you know, is, is very prevalent within your, you know, the smaller side of property managers, but that you you can't build your house on someone else's land and the danger that that presents to you. And uh, did, did that change how you looked at the business?
2: (laughs) Airbnb for listening. It's just the truth. (laughs) If you're listening, no, they know I tell them all the time to be honest. I'm like super honest and vocal about my decisions right? Like I said, Airbnb has been absolutely amazing to me. It built my entire business and my career. Never in a million years that I ever think I would have to think outside a platform. I just never, it never crossed my mind. I was like, why would I? I'm so busy as it is. I'm booked all the time. Like, I don't need to think about that. And then when I crashed, I was like,
1: oh, this is what people are talking about. And I think that's how most people are. To be honest, I think there's uh, and that's what one you know kind of goal we've had on the podcast is just trying to open people's minds to understand that you know the concept of don't build your house in someone else's land because you never know what could happen. And even though you think right now you have all this business coming in from Airbnb, you know they could change their rules, they could change their commission. they could change a multitude of things that even you, being that connected on a high level with them, you have literally no control over what they do. I mean, they are a behemoth industry giant that they're they're not really, they're not going to be paying attention to what is going to make a difference for you. So that's, that's the challenge of the OTAs, all of them. I mean, they're all the same in that respect.
2: Yeah. It was a huge eye opener to say an understatement for me to go like, yeah. Building on someone else's land. I was like, okay, why am I buying my own homes? And I'm not thinking that same mindset. This doesn't make sense. Right. Right. Yeah. Luckily Mark at Boosley has been just, the most amazing human ever has. Yeah, he's so brilliant.
0: Much. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, he is brilliant. So what is, what is it, what does it mean to be an Airbnb ambassador? So, I mean, you, you clearly, I would think it's, you're carrying their flag and, and singing their, their praises, but on the flip side, I mean, obviously you have to look out for your business too. So you've got to find balance in it. So how do you manage that? And like, you know, again, what does it look like to be an, Air, an Airbnb ambassador?
2: Yeah. So the short story of the Airbnb ambassador program was Airbnb saw a lot of new hosts that would join the platform and then fall off. They would either get really close to launching or they would launch one time and then and then be like, whoa, this is way harder than I thought, right. or get errors or whatever. So ask a super host program. Let's say, you know, somebody wants to join and they either join with my link or they go on Airbnb and they're like, okay, where do I start? And There's a thing that says, ask a super host. They can click on that. They can be attached to me as an ambassador, super host. And then once they start to build out their profile, they I get to see their profile as they build it out. So they're like, Hey, I'm having questions with pricing or how do I upload photos? Or it's mostly like really common questions. Yeah. And I could see the listing as it's getting built out and kind of like, be a bigger brother or hold their hand and, and kind of like guide them through that. Um, And, and kind of teach them everything that I'm doing from the very ground level. It's like, okay, this is what you guys got to really think about. And then when they launch, they get their first booking and then that's it. Then they're, my part of the ambassador part is done. Does that make sense? Uh,
0: Yeah. 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 So you're like the subject matter expert for the people wanting to Yep. Start out. That's that's really cool. Yeah. So yeah, it's what really is, cool. What is the
2: problem? process? Because I think a lot of the questions are so a lot of the questions I had when I was starting, like, am I doing this right? <laughs> like, yeah. do I need a permit for this? Like, so it, it's cool to be able to get somebody the foundation built really solid from the beginning.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, what does the process look like now with um Boostly? You're doing a website with them. How has that been going?
2: I mean, I'm not gonna lie, direct booking was like the scariest thing on earth for me. <laughs> I don't know why. It just seemed like, oh, I can't blame the platform if something happens. I I have to do
1: business. yeah, yeah, yeah. Different shift in responsibility.
2: <laughs> yeah, fully. But uh I'm so excited. I think it's like the best thing I've I've been working on. And and Mark has been an absolutely like his whole team at Boostly have been so hands-on, yeah, and it's really helpful taking all of my you know, my current website, all my photos, my descriptions and putting it in. Uh, And hopefully we'll be launching, launching soon, which
1: that's awesome, really exciting. Yeah. Are, are they gonna, do they help you then market the site or what's your plan to now take it and actually use that as a driver?
2: Yeah. Uh, Mark has all kinds of st- free stuff that he gives out on like how to get direct bookings, right? Social so, media
1: and stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I do that quite a bit. And then like I said, I'm kind of a nerd with that kind of stuff. Anyways, I like social media and I love Google Ads and
1: Yeah, you can do that on your own then. Yeah, yeah,
2: awesome. That is a concern still. It's like, how do I get those those bookings? You know, a lot of return guests or family and friends that come back. Why not just direct book them? You know, saves them a little money. It's more money for me. Maybe you know, easier. Yeah, Absolutely. it'll be a learning process, but I can't wait to learn it. I, I'm super excited. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, one of our favorite tools is a, a product called Flip Two, and I know uh, Mark is big fans of of them as well. But if that's something that you haven't looked into, I would, I would recommend it because that that one builds your email list. That's oh. people coming on your site when they search; they're prompted to give their name and email, and then that puts them into a remarketing. Um, cadence of emails. And if they book, then they're taken out of those. But um, it has a really cool process that after the guest checks out, they're also prompted to submit a story from their stay with with a picture. And then now this also builds your own owned assets of media from your guests of like really great pictures. I mean, we get Uh, several of our brochure covers for the last few years have been pictures that have come through this program. And that, that's, that alone has been huge because in our market, we all use shutter stock and (laughs) and the same stock photography. So to be able to have our own unique um, content like that has been great. And and just to curate it very affordably, but um, that's, that's that's definitely something I I recommend looking into. (laughs)
2: 100%. That sounds awesome. I'll definitely look at that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what's what's next on the horizon? I mean, what what are what are your goals for the rest of the year? I mean, not launching the new site, obviously, but where do you see Hildy Homes going within the next year?
2: Love that question. It's always a good one, right? <laughs> um, yeah, the direct booking is like a huge focus of mine. Um, you know, I teamed up with Mark, and then I teamed up with SuperHog for like the background checks. Yeah, security yeah, yeah,
0: good stuff. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, man. we love that, Superhog. <laughs> yeah, I would, that was like one of my scariest fears, really. I'm like, what about this whole security background? Yeah, yeah. they do yeah. a great job with it though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. You guys use them. That makes me feel even more better.
1: Yeah, no, they're we love Leo. And I think they've got a great product that is of af- yeah. it's affordable. Um, and it just it makes a heck of a lot of sense. <laughs> so I think they they've really played a big role in being able to uh, help Airbnb and people that use Airbnb do so you know safely and and professionally. Totally. But, um what what about I know you you you're president of the Rent Responsibly chapter of your area too. Tell us a little bit about that experience.
2: Yeah, I feel so um uh, honored to be a part of of the voice of the community when it comes to policy and regulation. So, I'm not only, I have to call Dave again and like fully find out, but somehow Dave from Rent Responsibly reached out to me and we started talking about policy and then he reached back out and he's like, Hey, Arizona um has a lot of policy stuff going on. You should you should be a voice. And I'm like, no way. I'm way too scared it comes <laughs> to like policy and public speaking and government stuff. That's just way over my head. Like, yeah. No, no, you'd be good. So somehow I did it and we started a group out here. And we have like an awesome board, awesome, awesome board. That everybody does such a great job. Like our, our president Linda. She has one listing and she's like a rock star yeah. voice. In the it's just mind blowing to me. And uh, our goal is just to educate and teach people, you know, to be a good neighbor, good policy, uh, be able to speak up when laws are presented and mm-hmm. and be a voice at the table. A lot of times these bills get passed and they don't even talk to the host. They have right. no yep. idea what the bill even means.
1: Yep. That's yep. One
2: thing I learned was talking to these people. They were like, So what's the bill about? I'm like,
1: um, yeah, you need to know, (laughs) please find out. Yeah. 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 As, as one of my favorite quotes, if you're, uh, not at the table, you're on the menu when it comes to, you know, legislative things. And it's, it's very much true. And it's just been surprising to see we, you know, we've had, we've gotten pretty involved, I would say with the advocacy side, with just within the last few months of doing the podcast and it's it's so much more interesting to me now than it ever was because i'm hearing from people like you and all all over the world we're talking to that they're running into these restrictions that are just crippling their businesses and most of it is mis misinformation or like you said they just don't even know what's in the bill but it's a lot of misinformation and that's where you know our whole premise of we are not airbnb came from because we want to make sure that what we do is differentiated but I mean, you're you are like us. You, what what we're saying is that we are not the whole industry is not bad apples, and Airbnb <laughs> is a platform, but that's not it's a platform you use, but it's not you. I mean, you you are Hildy Homes that is providing exceptional guest experiences and using the best technology to make it professional. But um, there there's a lot to do on the education side, and I think you know a lot of us have have said it needs to be verma that steps up and really solidifies what that brand looks like for professionally managed vacation rentals saying professionally managed vacation rentals isn't the easiest uh, or sexiest way i mean there we might need to even just rephrase how we refer to ourselves when we're having these conversations so that it's something that's that's stickier because i think right now it's just it's not sticky and it's easy just to group everybody together as airbnb <laughs> yeah
0: So I have a question for you, John, actually, and it's something that we talk with a lot of our guests about and and wrestle with in in our day to day is that there is a, there's, there seems to be, if you're in an urban area, you are a short-term rental. If Mm -hmm. you're in a vacation destination, you're a vacation rental. What do you see yourself as? (laughs) That's a question,
1: Annie. (laughs) (laughs) Good one, good one. Man,
2: that's a good one. I've never had someone ask me that. Um, it's so weird because even in just Scottsdale alone, I hear both terms. Yeah, all the time, right? Short-term rental, vacation rental. Wow, and yeah, that's just that's a good. I would say Malibu is definitely a vacation rental spot yeah. because it's yeah. like a yeah. destination. A destination, yeah, yeah. But I would. say I'm like a hybrid, I guess, a little yeah. bit to be honest, because Scottsdale was a big vacation. Destination, but in the community, everybody says short term rentals. But as a guest side of things, they say vacation rental. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Good yeah, question. so I, I think that that's where you know, like the definition sort of gets muddied, and and people living in and, and I know there's there's another gentleman I see him on LinkedIn that has rentals in um, Scottsdale area, and he was commenting about how he was kind of concerned about the market kind of going like down in terms of rentals, and and so I started giving him just pointers like here's the things that you could be doing to engage in your destination and and have better experience and and market yourself, and and there was things he didn't think about. And so I think that, you know, he, he's operating from a place of I have a rental that is short term and I'm not thinking about it from a vacation rental standpoint in that I need to create an experience or a reason for people to when they stay in my rental, what are they going to do in the local community? So I think that that goes into the local community's perception is that you're just having transients come and go all the time you know there's nobody mm-hmm. there's nobody taking care of this house and so I think in the perception becomes reality and then that reality is what ends up framing some of this these regulations that are happening right. and then what we're seeing and even you know I live in Florida it's an important you know vacation rentals that rentals and overall, but I mean, you just vacation that our state is all about vacationing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are a destination, but the amount of regulation that they're doing preemptively mm-hmm. because somebody got a bad rental next to them or a, there's a bad steward of, of the rental business. I think there's a definition that needs to happen. I was just curious as to how you saw yourself. So it's good to know it's a head scratcher.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is a head scratcher. And I, I I'd probably now that you say more like that, I'm definitely more on the vacation side because I love teaming up with like the surrounding areas of activities. Like three of my homes are, like I said, off the beaten path. So you can do horseback riding, ATV riding, you know, kayak down the river, like stuff like that. But I I can't provide all that. So I reach out to all the locals near me. Right. That's what makes like the vacation. Yeah. So much of do you
1: is there a, a I'm sure there is but is, are you involved with the DMO or CVB or chamber however it is set up in your area to to do promotions with them?
2: No, I'm not, and I keep saying I want to get more involved in that, but I've just been so consumed with policy stuff. Yeah, like,
1: I was gonna say you're already, you know what? And I, I bet if you reach out to them, I bet they would love to talk to you be, yeah. because you're you're so involved in the rent responsibly and the advocacy stuff. I mean, that you would probably be uh, a great resource that they they would see a lot of benefit of having you yeah, at their table of conversations too. That's that's that's. I mean, there's so much even even on our side. There's just still a lot of misinformation and just yeah. people just looking at vacation rental businesses as or short-term rental businesses as different than regular hospitality players. But, you know, in a market, if you're collecting um, bed tax or in our area, it's dollar a night tax, whatever it is, that's, it doesn't matter. I mean, short-term rentals fall into that category. So you definitely want to make sure that as a DMO that you have relationships with those providers, because that's the money that they get to spend to advertise. So.
2: Yeah, and the hotel business out here obviously is extremely strong. So there's yeah, this one yeah. tourism like uh, branch. And I don't know what they call it really. I've been trying to get my my uh, seat at the table over there, but the hotel lobby people don't really want me sitting at
0: that.
1: Table. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Keep trying, Lil. I keep trying. Little, I keep trying. You yeah, see,
0: you keep keep doing what you're doing. You you yeah. have a good voice, and you're doing it methodically, and and you're not trying to be. Um, you know bombastic about getting your voice heard so you just keep doing it and it'll make a difference
1: yeah for sure i think one one thing that we talked about i can't remember which episode this was but we talked about as far as the short-term rental vacational conversation goes all vacation rentals are short-term rentals but not all short-term rentals are vacation rentals yeah <laughs> and that's kind of how we've we've broken it down because we've had some people ask us they're like what do you mean they're different we're like They are, but they're they're the same, but they're different. It just depends on which area you're in. And yours is an interesting one because you're urban, but you're also destination at the same time. So like Sarah and Annette, their podcast and their business, they're in um, Cleveland, I think, which is definitely a, a vacation destination. But at the same time, people visiting there for sporting events or anything else, that could be a vacation of why they're there. So yeah. um you know in, in some ways it shouldn't be as black and white between the two, but you just have to yeah, it's very I, I, we're we're all working towards the same thing and, and we're all building the same reputation as an industry. So that's why it's important to work together.
2: Yeah, totally. I I, I love that. I I actually want to even bring that up to our short mental board,
1: mm-hmm. right?
2: And be like, hey, should we be having the message a lot more vacation? Yeah,
1: because I, th- I think it's better received. To be honest, yeah. I mean, I, I think yeah. vacation rentals doesn't have as much of the connotation as short term rentals does, yep. and and yeah, it could be that that's maybe the better way to to classify like it. You know, when you're having those conversations, but
2: yeah, I like that a lot. I'm definitely gonna yeah. start using that more. <laughs> yeah,
1: awesome.
2: Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, Thought I brought it up. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, John, we have thoroughly enjoyed getting to hear more about what you're doing out there and Hildy Holmes. And I think you're, you're definitely one of the stewards of the good Apple group yeah. <laughs> that we want to promote. And we, yeah, we want to make sure way. the association sees and meets people like you that, that are doing it right. <laughs> so <Cool. laughs> happy to make the introductions. Yeah. But... yeah. We're trying, man. We're trying. It's like, it's, I mean, you can't
2: knock people that they don't know what they don't know.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all of it comes down to uh, mis miscommunication, misinformation, yep. But yeah, opening up those channels to communicate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we see the opportunity. Awesome. Well, if anybody wants to contact you, John, what's the best way for them to reach out?
2: Um, I'm really active on Instagram. is the the most common, which is just uh, John Hildebrand at Siki or John Hildebrand Siki. Or just go to my website, is Hildehomes.com and all my links are there. I'm pretty active on uh, YouTube and um, Instagram, most mostly. But, yeah. Awesome.
1: We will include links for all those in the show notes. And if anybody wants to contact Annie and I, you can go to com. And until next time, thank you for tuning in.